0: Hello and welcome to the six ways from Sunday podcast. Uh, Today, I want to talk about something that is a really inescapable part of the human condition and human spiritual journey, which is uncertainty and change and transformation. And when I was thinking about change recently, um, one person that popped into my head who has experienced a tremendous amount of change in the last couple of months and definitely in the last couple of years is my friend Heather Bilo. So I'm really excited to uh, welcome Heather onto the podcast today. Heather, how are you doing?
1: Good. And I am just so honored and thankful that you asked. I always love to share my story and journey. So this is right up my alley.
0: Awesome. Well, we're going to have fun. Um, I've got lots of things that I want to ask you about. Some of it I'm going to ask you to share and it's stuff that I already know, but I just really... Um, welcome you to share with our community um, any amount that you're willing to. And I know that you're not uh, not too shy to speak from the heart because <laughs> we've done lots of that before together. So um, as a little bit of background, Heather is a dance instructor and dance studio owner in Lacombe and Black Falls, Central Alberta, and has taught our two girls dance for a few years and also um, we've done some really awesome video work together and we'll be doing some, some videoing again here really soon. Uh, so I've had the opportunity to interview you on camera lots. This is a little bit more laid back and casual and, uh, don't have a bunch of lights shining in your face and microphone in your face and stuff. So. I no
1: tissue beside me. I don't, you're not going to make me cry today, right? Or... <laughs> <laughs> well, who
0: knows, hey? no, no guarantees. Um, so Heather, where I'll just start is just to give people a little bit of a sense of who you are. Um, you're the owner of Dancer's Edge Studios. I, am I right in understanding that that name is maybe changing? Uh, as Speaking of change.
1: Yeah. So we ha- I have had Dancer's Edge for 19 years. I started in Black Falls. And then uh, like 10, 15 years into it, we opened up into Lacombe. And then since then has opened up Aerial Edge in Black Falls, which is silks and that sort of fun things. And then this year, um, crazy timing, but we opened up a brand new location in Lacombe and the location itself is 21,000 square feet, which is huge, huge, huge. And so the possibilities are now endless and my dreamer mind is going crazy. Um, So we're going to be rebranding next year to uh the Edge Academy of Performing Arts so it allows us to do music yoga kind of everything under one big umbrella so Dancer's Edge is still there but it'll just be under a bigger umbrella
0: got it okay so you're not rebranding Dancer's Edge that's awesome keeping the purple I see behind you lots of purple (laughs) on the walls Uh, so you're you're sitting in this space right now this massive uh, used to be the old municipal library in Lacombe correct
1: yes the regional library yeah
0: Regional Library, okay, so it's this huge space. When, walk me through the process where you had this, um, there must've been a moment, an aha moment where you thought, well, that building could work. And I, I know a little bit of the background where you wanted to, uh, to move locations and find a better uh, rental situation or possibly buy a building. You were, you were exploring er- any and every possibility to make things yes. work for your dancers, to uh, make things work for your business um, and something that would be good for the community. What made you think I could turn an old library into a, 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 dance, a dance studio plus all this other new stuff?
1: Yeah, our journey to building a new studio started last November. So and we all know what t- the times are and it's not the most ideal. But like you said, I was struggling with a rental situation and it just wasn't the best environment um, that I wanted my studio in. So I knew we had to move and we were working on getting a church on main street in lacombe and working with an amazing minister and everything just kind of fell together and that relationship um blossomed and they wanted us in there they love what we do for the community and we had ideas of how to bring a minister even into a dance studio like we were our dreams were big there and we went um i think to about four town councils and by the end um We did get denied to go there um, with some issues on zoning and stuff like that. But when one door closes, that means that there's another path for you to take. I truly believe that. And, you know, you could just sit down and throw your arms up in the air and cry. Or you put your big girl panties on and you figure out what you're going (laughs) to (laughs) do. And so um, I need space. I need a lot of space. I need parking And there's not a lot of buildings um, that offer that. And so I knew that this was available and I knew it was city owned. So I went right to the mayor and I had a meeting with him and I said, listen, I'm on the verge of leaving our city because there's nothing here for me. And, you know, I have done so much for the city and I feel that I'm supposed to be here I said there's other towns knocking on my doors asking us to open up in their place and um i i feel like i'm supposed to be in lacombe and so um he's like well i i can't just i'm the mayor i can't just be yeah. like oh here's a place <laughs> for you and i'm, I'm yeah. like i'm not asking that but let's work together there's got to be something and together we found uh this place which they kind of had talked about what they were going to do was th- were they going to tear it down um, the city owns the land and, but they didn't want to deal with this building anymore. Um, when the regional library had it, they kind of took care of it and then it became the cities and they didn't want this huge, huge building to have to do all the maintenance on and everything. So I, I came up with, um, negotiated a lease and said I would take responsibility and take care of the building. And it is in the heart of Lacombe. It's right beside the schools, That's which awesome which opens up bringing arts back into school you know, so we already have the father of father Lacombe school use our our place cuz their gym isn't built yet so they walk oh, over wow. and they use one of our studios and that's exactly what we want we want to bring um, the art of dance and performing arts into schools right it was the first thing cut and it needs to back in there so
0: that's really cool i didn't realize i didn't I wasn't aware of that piece of it where you're intentionally integrating some of your programming into the surrounding schools. I was thinking of it from the logistical, just convenience of like kids walking over to the studio. And I, I know that a lot of your, your um, dance lessons happen right after school hours. And yes. that, you know, being in a location where it's convenient for kids to get there obviously is huge. Um, give our listeners a bit of a sense of like the size of Dancer's Edge Studio. It's big, right? Like you've been doing this almost 20 years. You have hundreds of dance families, hundreds of students, especially if you include, you know, your, the Black Falls studio location as well, and now the Aerial Edge with the Aerial Dance. How many, how many students are we talking about?
1: So right now we're running at about 430 students for all Lacombe, Black Falls Aerial Edge, um, which is, is a great number. Mm-hmm. It is low for us. So yeah. we are still doing some COVID recovery. Right before COVID, I was having my prime year. I brand new opened Aerial Edge. Aerial Edge was four months old when COVID shut it down for 16 months. Um, and my dance studio was flourishing. And then COVID hit everyone hard, but especially the dance industry. We were shut down um, more than anyone else. So my business in Black Falls was the only business that was closed, and everyone else was be- allowed to be open. But because you know all the fitness regulations. Even yeah. though we could prove that we were safe, and it was so hard. So we used to run at around 600 at our top students, and so now we're 430. So um, we're growing. There's still that fear out there, but I think mm-hmm. now that they we can we get to dance like normal. We get to not mm-hmm. be in squares, and the kids don't have to wear masks. And once they get through this door, it's just. Um, a sense of normalcy and their home. And so that's starting to trickle out into the community and people are like, okay, started to come back out. And so mm-hmm. I think January, February will be big for us that we'll see a really big influx of the people that just kind of waited it out a little bit more. Is the government yeah. going to shut them down? And we're not, we're going to fight and we'll be open.
0: So. That's awesome. It, there's been so many moments in the last two years where in any industry, just, or just, for everyone in general, there's reasons to start having hope and then things got really hard again and another wave would hit or or new restrictions would be announced. And it it really battered and hammered on people's mental health as we both know, um, it's all around all of us, all of these uh, impacts, right? On the human spirit, on the, the will to just truly be able to believe that that things are going to be okay, like when when you've had so many hurdles, or when you've had so many times where like, okay, it's going to be okay. I see the light at the end of the tunnel, and then boom, something terrible happens again. That um, that's got to be so hard on uh, yourself as a business owner, but all these kids, right? All these families. Yeah. It makes sense that those numbers would be lower. Also, there's the economic impact of the pandemic, meaning that people have less disposable income for, for children's activities and all sorts of things, many, many factors. When you see these 430 kids walking through, whether it's the the new local uh building location or the black falls studio or your aerial students, what do you see in them in terms of like, you know, this last two years is a big chunk of their lives for some of these kids mm-hmm. that are only eight, 10, 12 years old dancers. Mm -hmm. and they're and they're back to dance and they're in this new space Mm -hmm. what does that Um, mean
1: to them yeah talking about crying that first day back was there was a lot of tears by all of our teachers
0: Mm.
1: and you know when you're saying like going through and things being taken away and we're adults we have you know lived and and learned how to deal with things and a dance studio is full of kids right from two years old all the way up and so what happened was we lost their trust which is a big thing because a dance studio, dance is not quite like hockey or other sports. It becomes a lot of times a second home for these children. Um, the, the competitive dancers, some of them dance 10 to 14 hours a week. So I'm seeing them a lot more than their parents see them, right? And they start to, um, you become like their second mom. Mm-hmm. And so when they can't come there to do something that they're loving, that they're passionate about, a piece of them is taken away. And so when we were allowed to start coming back and then they kept changing and then be like, okay, you can dance in a box. Now you can dance outside. Now you can do this. You know, my my main thing, and I kept saying to my staff, no matter what, we do not take away dance from our kids. If we're going onto their front lawn and have to teach a lesson there, these kids are not going to have it be taken away because everything else was stripped away from them right like they're they were losing parts of their childhood Mm -hmm. and that's why i fought so hard for them and um you know and then it was kind of funny after everything just this last spring i was contacted to be on a call with a bunch of government officials and school boards from all of central alberta and they wanted to know the effect that COVID had on kids mental health and what they could do differently I was like, oh, I would love to be on that meeting. Thank you very much.
0: (laughs) I've got a list.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I was the last one to speak and it was heart-wrenching hearing all the statistics of the schools and how many people showed up, how many people actually didn't come, the abuse, the mental health issues. And it was just like so heartbreaking. And then so I, when it was my turn to talk, I just said that um, this can never happen again. You know, taking away, we need to do whatever we can to keep normalcy In children's lives, and to keep them to be able to dream and have goals and accomplish goals, because that is a lot. If you don't have a purpose, then we were seeing them die. And like the spark just was not in their eyes. And they were just like this screen. It was basically like we were on Zoom again, right? Hours and hours of teaching dance on Zoom, where they're just like no emotion. And so, you know, I talked about that with the government officials and said, the damage that like a pandemic does on a child is you know i think we need to weigh out a lot more the risk and keep that in in the back of our minds and but i think i i don't know if i answered your question or not but coming when they came back into the dance into the studio it took about two to three weeks because i think they th- they thought it was going to get shut down again right because they, they didn't have that mm. trust factor Right. and then you know then we got through september and then they're like oh we're really, we're really doing this, aren't we? And then it was like, this little sparkle in their eyes, and the giggles, and the hugs and the high fives and the, you know, laying on their floor doing their homework in the hallway. And, um, and my biggest thing that I see is I run mom and taught classes. So as long as the they can walk, they can come. And so these, these are your COVID babies. These right. are the ones that have not really gone out in public a lot, right? And so of when, we started, when I started running them in the spring, those were your true 100% COVID babies, and they were scared of me. And so they were little six-week sessions, and it took a lot. But by the end, they would come, and they would, like, touch my face or, like, rub my knee. And one little girl came and just sat on my lap, and her mom just broke down into tears. And she said, besides our family, she has never – you know, spoken to a stranger and she's sitting on your lap. And so I've used a little picture of the of that advertising and not everyone knows what it means, but that picture is like a thousand words what they say because that little girl sitting on my lap was more than just sitting on my lap. It was her, you know, trusting someone yeah. in, and finding love again. Yeah. And so Being in a safe space. Um, yeah, safe space. So those as hard as COVID was, the winds that are coming out of it now are pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, you did answer the question beautifully. <laughs> and and it, of course, has always made me think of a few different things that I want to talk about. And one of them is going back to you were mentioning uh, delivering dance through Zoom. So the word, I mean, <laughs> you have had to pivot so many times. throughout the course of the pandemic, I've been watching and following it along and just cheering you on. And I'm amazed at how you've at each juncture, instead of quitting or instead of just, you know, accepting your fate and realizing, well, I guess, you know, revenue is going to be down and this is, this is bad and this is bad and this is bad, but you know, hopefully we'll get through it. You, you jump into action, you make a new plan, you gather your team around you, you find um, mentors in your life that you can get advice from, there's so many things that you do where you just refuse to stand still or refuse to be defeated right So going back to the beginning of you know that first really bad wave when everything in Alberta was basically shut down and there were there was no other way to do dance other than okay well we're gonna have to just do it through zoom but it was that's never been done before like, there's a lot of things you can do easily on Zoom. you can, take, you can have a, a church board meeting and you know our church board, we started having all our meetings on Zoom. That's pretty easy to do, even for the members of our board who are a bit older, um, you know, they've figured it out on their iPad or whatever. But teaching a dance class where you're having to all dance in time to, and, and learn the same choreography, but you're spread out in each student in their own living room and internet might not be great. And so mm-hmm. that must have been so challenging, but the fact that you were able to keep things moving and have something to still keep that connection to the students, to keep them in, in dance, keep them physically active, keep them engaged in their, in their activity that they're passionate about. Um, what were some of the, and I know, so that's only one of the times that you had to pivot was figuring out <laughs> the, the Zoom thing uh, and I saw you on social media posts about you know buying big screen TVs and posting them, you know, installing them in the studio so your teachers could have a big screen to see all of those little squares, right? Mm. Um, and I'm sure that I'm only aware of a fraction of it, but i want I want to talk a little bit about those pivots and about who how is it that Heather has had the resolve or the faith or the gumption to just say well there's got to be a way we'll we'll figure it out when this was all uncharted territory there there was no guarantee that trying a b or c was going to work mm-hmm. where did that come from for you that that drive to to just try stuff and, yeah. and see
1: if it worked? um i was put on this earth to teach children That is, that's, that's my thing. That's my jam. And um, so I have a love for kids from babies all the way up. And if the whole time it was for them, because I just could not say no to them. And I couldn't let them down. I'm very fortunate that I am part, I do have a mentor and I'm part of a mastermind dance studio group in the, through the States. So they were, they were going through it. um, It was about two weeks, a little bit ahead of us. So they, so I kind of seen it and I was like, no, this isn't going to come to Canada. And then (laughs) my mentors like Heather, it is, you need to get ready for this. So we ended up being like the first studio in all of central Alberta to be to go into online so what happened was um, we got shut down on the weekend and four days later we were up our online studio was up and running we were ready for it and then four just days. anytime that we were yeah yeah and then too like not just being very dry we, we would hire like I we would do um theme weeks for our like baking one week and I would have preschool teachers come in and read a book and I had princesses and I was dressed up in everything that I could we would set up the studio um, it would look like a little movie scene so our preschool dancers weren't just following you know a boring teacher in the in an empty room it was transformed and they were following along like it was like they're part of a cartoon show or something so we knew we had to keep them engaged and then the older ones you know instead of doing just the same thing all the time i would bring in guest instructors and then you had all of these instructors and all of these broadway dancers that had no jobs so they would work for and i'd be like well i can only pay you 50 dollars for the hour I if you would like it my students would love you and so we were getting like broadway dancers and um a ballet instructor from australia and like from all over the world we're going to be able to teach so there was little tiny amazing things like that that was happening and then it would then restrictions would change and we would be allowed into the studio but had to dance in in boxes like basically like six by six boxes so you know we would put um fish along one side of the box and and birds on the top and the little ones had to go from the ocean to the sky and just always kind of evolving and then things <laughs> some like one of my favorite pivot was we weren't allowed, we were not allowed to have um, picture day or our recitals. And so I was like, okay, you can't tell me no, that is, I'm doing this, so let's figure it out. I found out that a photographer could have picture days, but a dance studio could not. So I rented my dance studio to a photographer and we did pictures one at a time. And then the photographer Photoshopped them together into their groups. And then just like what you were a part of, Ben, uh, we couldn't have a recital. So we were like, okay, these kids need to perform. What can we do? And we're like, let's make a movie. We can shoot them, you know, whatever the restrictions are, you know, six at a time, put them together. And then um, once we were done, the restrictions lifted a little bit and we could have so many people in a movie theater to watch it. And Ben made this amazing movie and the kids got to see themselves on a big screen. Which and again, that was a cool COVID thing. That, yeah, yeah, never so cool. never
0: would have no. thought to do something like that any other yeah. time.
1: And we're doing it this year because it was such a hit. And it's not that we have to, it was like, hey, that,
0: that was, was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really <laughs> yeah. neat for me. I, <laughs> except I remember almost wiping out a couple of times because <laughs> we were doing a lot of filming outdoors and it was winter and it was snowy and icy and we were filming one of a couple of the dances in a skate park (laughs) 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 and just all the wild and crazy things. So there's something about the way your personality and your soul is just wired that, like you said, you were put on this earth to connect with kids and to teach them, but there's also something about you that is wired to just be brazen and to be bold and to take risks and to just experiment, right? Like to try crazy things that no one else would. I mean, some of these might've been ideas that, you know, a dance studio in Florida tried whatever, and that had really helped with their zoom. And, and so you, you take, you're open to like, you know, that mentorship or that taking mm-hmm. advice and seeing what works for others. But there's also this part of you that I've noticed that is really very experimental and just like imaginative, right. Which goes, mm-hmm well with um teaching something that is in the creative arts and in the performing arts that um a good dancer or a good dance teacher has to be creative has to be expressive has to be willing to take risks like a dancer has to to push themselves and take risk in performing and being on the stage right um and to to just have that confidence to be brave in front of an audience so um did, do you think some of that came from being a dancer yourself when you were a little girl, or like where did take me sort of back to the origin story of Crazy mm-hmm. Heather? See <laughs> so all your crazy ideas. <laughs> and where does that all come from? Yeah,
1: i like I've always been a doer, like I and I and an overachiever, right? You know, like in seventh grade home ec class, I would bring. Like juice crystals so that we would have juice with our meal that we made (laughs) like just always just doing that. Or I would be, you know, I was on the grad committee. I like, I'm a planner. I like to make things happen. And I think the biggest thing with me is that, um, I don't like being told no, and so if someone says no to me, it's like the biggest challenge. I'll be like, Oh no, here we <laughs> go. You watch out because I'm going to come back twice as big with something bigger, better. You know, like or if they yeah. say that I can't do something like, Oh, you can't do that. And I was like, Oh, watch me. And so that's what drives me a lot. And so going through that, I just would always say, there's always a way there is always a way it's, it's going to, you know, this is not forever. We just have to get through this week or today. Mm -hmm. I have to get through today. And I'm not being like, um, there was days where I crashed and there was lots of tears. And I thought that, what am I doing? And I just wanted to throw my arms up in the air. And then I let myself have that cry. And then I'll be like, okay, what needs to happen to get through today? Just today. Mm -hmm. And then I would do that. And I'd be like, okay, we we mastered today. Now what's the week look like? And it was hard because I'm such a planner. And throughout COVID, you really couldn't plan. I couldn't plan a month in advance because you didn't know what that looked like. Our world was so up in the air that you really, I could really go a week at a time. And even that was pushing it, right? Mm -hmm. So I would like over plan that week and make sure that it was like great to and focus on that week. And then to the next one. And the other thing that really got us through with our studio and my staff having 25 staff that I was able to kept to keep on payroll the whole time. That was also very important to me because I did not want to lose any of them and I didn't want them to go get a job somewhere else and then not come back because I know the dreams that they are. So it was I had to keep them working. Right. Yeah. So that meant I, I needed to keep students enrolled in dance where you couldn't go physically into the building to dance. How do I sell that to a person? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and we lost a lot. Like at one time we were down to bare minimum, but those ones that we had were so passionate and they just, you know, filled your bucket when you've mm-hmm. seen them. And um, and that's who we were working for. And so we would just, you know, what do we need to get done? And communication with my staff, with my families, you know, I would have like weekly Facebook addresses where I was like the government or the president standing in front of my dancer's edge wall and being like, Hey guys, guess what's happening this week? Here's our restrictions. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was really transparent. So people, so, so that they knew that. Yep stuff is going down. This is not awesome, but we have plan A, B, and C. If A doesn't work, you know what? We're ready for plan B. Plan B doesn't work. Okay, well, let's try plan C. So something's mm-hmm. going to work. So it was always, you know, being organized and communicating with staff and clients of what was going on.
0: Yeah. let them know that we've got you. We've got your kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and you, they needed that too. Oh, yeah. For sure. And thinking of yeah. those moms and dads that are watching their kids struggle and watching yeah. another thing and another thing get taken away. And, and mom and dad are struggling with maybe, you know, in uh, uncertainty and their job situations yeah. and everything else, just to know that like, okay, at least our kids dance studio has a plan or is willing to try this and this and this. Yeah. So you said, you know, sometimes it got to the point where it was really like a day at a time. Like, let's just get through today when you think about some of those days where you thought, well, there is no guarantee that this or this or this is going to work, but there's some things I can try. How is it like for you, how do you go through that decision-making process of like, well, I I've got to make a plan and go either down this path, this path, or this path, but whether path A, B, or C is the right path. I don't know. And mm-hmm. like, when you, when you have that uncertainty, do you feel like there is something that's guiding you or that you have an intuition around just like trusting your gut or do you, you know, consult Mm -hmm. other people or do you like spend some time in like praying about it, reflecting on it, just planning? All of the above. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you, I feel like, I don't think we're meant to do this world alone. I really don't. I don't think that we were put here and be like, okay, fend for yourself. Goodbye. You know, so, so when it was the hard days or a decision that I had to make, I would, um, talk, talk to my staff or I had some really great friends, my husband, you know, like exactly what you said, prayer, talk, just, you, I needed to talk it out. And the more I talked it out, the more I told it to, to people, I would answer myself. I knew I would, it would become apparent what I needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. when I was giving option B and C, they seemed silly you know, right. but at the start it was like all equal. And then you're like, okay, I think I need to know what I need to do. And, you know, majority of the time it worked and sometimes it didn't. And then you'd be like, okay, well, lesson learned. Here Ooh,
0: we go. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I definitely did not do this alone. And, you know, you have to have people to lean on and mm. to have your support system. Yeah. So And you know what, my biggest support system, were virtual, we're studio owners down in the States, or a couple from Canada, that we normally get to see each other a couple times a year at conferences, but we haven't for two years. And so it would, we would have a zoom call, or we just messaging, and we'd all kind of be going through similar things. And, you know, and so we leaned on each other, because they knew what I was going through. So I didn't have to explain. Well, in dance, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: That network, I'm sure it feels like another, like you've got your dance family in the studio with all your kids. And then this is kind of another family, right? Another group, a network that you can really lean on. That's so invaluable. Um, We've got a little bit of time left. And one thing I, I had wanted to talk about, because it relates so much to just change, even you know, without bringing COVID into, into it, uh, pre-pandemic, you have had, let's see, when the pandemic started, you would have been in like what your 17th year of the, of running the studio. Yeah.
1: 18, 17, 17. Yeah. yeah.
0: seventeen. So which is right around the age that your dancers are when they leave your studio. So now you're in these years, these last two, three years where, um, you, you've been, you've got some students where you started, they started with you when they were toddlers, when they were in, like, diapers. in diapers, yeah. yeah. And, now, <laughs> and now they're graduating. Yeah. Um, and you've seen them grow up, you've seen them turn it, transform from these tiny little humans into adults that are going out and becoming professional dancers, sometimes becoming dance teachers and working for you in a few cases. Yeah. Um, And and then just, you know, hundreds of other things that they go off and do. Um, So I'm really, I'm really curious what it's been like for you to reflect over these last few years as you've been into this new chapter of like the dance studio is older than the grads that are leaving the dance studio and having watched so many of them grow up and and part of just for others um, background, why I'm so curious about this is Heather, you and I have For how many years now? The Last four years or so. At least
1: been, yeah, at least five, maybe four or five
0: years now. We've been doing grad videos together, which was such a cool idea. Started before the pandemic, um, and you just had this idea that. I I do remember where it started now. Um, During the spring recital, whether it was at Red Deer College or like on you know up on the big stage at the fancy lights and an auditorium packed full of, of parents. You would get out there and say something individual about each grad, each dancer that was graduating from the studio. It would be crazy emotional and very difficult to do.
1: Sure. Yeah,
0: you're going through so much mm-hmm. mascara that you thought, okay, I <laughs> need a different solution here. And then you thought, well, maybe we could pre record these. And then that evolved into the videos that we do together, which are so much fun. Um, and in those, you know, they're each around a two minute video that. You sit down with me and you speak about that dancer and what they mean to you. And it blows me away every year when we do it in the spring, because you speak from the heart, you speak so vulnerably and with authenticity to that relationship. And it's just so apparent how much these kids mean to you because you've been watching them grow up. Like you said, mm-hmm. you've you've been spending more time with some of these students than their own families get to because and, they're in the studio three, yeah, four, or five. And more than days. school
1: teachers, like school teachers are one year, maybe two years, right? And then they move it's on. It's really, yeah, it's really unlike anything else. Or hockey, so then you go on to the next coach, but exactly, yeah, they're truly with us a lifetime.
0: Yeah, their entire childhood. Yeah. So you your unique perspective. I'm really interested in hearing on just what that, what that is to watch a human being turn, go from this. And I mean, as a parent, as a dad, I've got three kids that I've, I'm watching this and it's like, it changes you, you know, mm-hmm. watching your kids change and and looking at old memories and videos and photos of your kids when they were, uh, I was just watching one of Aubrey and she was, doing this jesse the cowgirl little dance and twirling having her, her hats in the kitchen and she's like tapping her foot and bopping her hips and she was like two or three and you know that's like nine years eight nine years ago now and it's hilarious to watch it mean, you just think how is that the same person as this tween this 11 year old that's like you know just so different so grown up so mature um, and, but those memories are like right there. And for you, you think about it back and you, when we're doing these interviews, oh, I remember this girl with this boy, when they were starting out and they were really awkward. And then that lanky face, <laughs> <laughs> because they have been with you that whole time. You got that bond or that connection. Um, it must be so rewarding. I, I don't even know what my question is around it. I just, I, I think that it's, it's unique yeah. to talk, to sit down and talk with someone who does get to have that privilege of watching so many amazing people grow grow and change.
1: Yeah. Yep. I mean, and how do I explain it to you too? It's hard. It's the, it's the same as being a mother. Really? It really is. And, you know, I say that to them that I'm like, and they say like, you're my second mom and these the students are my kids, my children. Right. Um, Yeah, to have them and see them through those years where you're like, oh, dear Lord, like (laughs) this person is like driving me nuts. And then the next year they come back and they're like, oh, there she is. You know, you get to go through that and it just creates this bond. And I mean, now that we have like 400 and some students, I'm not teaching all of them all the time, but... I teach a lot of baby classes and I teach all of the senior classes and I'm here. I'm always here. And so you're watching them grow. And so not just me, just the other teachers too, they get attached to and the families and everything like that. So when they do graduate um, it's sad because it is a goodbye. And I mean, I'm always here and they can come back, but it just, they, they are spreading their wings and they're leaving the nest and your nest. They're not going to come back to Whereas yeah. mom and dad, they come back for dinner on Sunday.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. So it's a bigger so that's,
0: loss yeah. and a bigger yeah. goodbye.
1: Yeah. And I found that by doing those grad videos, it was closure for me. Um, it's huge closure. I get to say goodbye. I get to have those videos. I get to look back at them and be like, oh yeah, there's my girl. And, um, or boy. <laughs> and, but, <laughs> but yeah, it is, it is hard but in the same time you know that you have just given them so many of like the fundamentals that they need to go into this big bad world right like it's more than just dance that we're teaching them you know you're teaching them respect and um like so many of those amazing qualities and you you're like okay you're ready to soar you really Mm. are so
0: do you feel heather like like you're sending kids out into a world that is scarier or more difficult or more or darker than before all of this pandemic stuff has it shifted Uh, how that feels to send kids out and know that like who are they gonna are they gonna be okay
1: i don't i don't think so like i yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy uncertainty and stuff like that. And, you know, it's not the same as what it was, say, 10 years ago. But you're still at that age. Life is hard and life sucks no matter <laughs> what is happening, right? So they're still clueless, have no idea. They're not going to listen to an adult. So really, yeah. in, in that sense, it's kind of the same no matter what pandemic is going on. But yeah, they, these the ones the last couple of years definitely had Uh, a little bit of a harder go and that's why too we wanted to make sure that they were celebrated because we knew that they weren't getting it at school and Mm -hmm. you know we're like no you you bring your dress you wear your dress we're going to put you in your dress we're going to celebrate you you're going to have a grad
0: yeah you know and because
1: things like that are important
0: tell us a little bit about that uh that first pandemic grad and how you made that special
1: So, what we did, yeah, restrictions were tight at grad time, and they were not getting a grad, but they had already all bought their dresses and everything. So what we did is we transformed the studio to be a red carpet and Ben had already made we had filmed everything, so that was we we really lucked out timing wise like before days, the
0: restriction came in yeah, that, yeah days
1: before we had gotten all of our main filming done and then just had to do a little bit here and there um so so they came in and we invited their families because that was like their cohort. And then my staff were there and everyone was masked. So I did follow the rules to the T, but they came in their dresses and they came out and all of my staff like clapped and it was recorded. And we played our grad song for them. They walked the red carpet. Um, then we showed the video in front of their families and made it special. And then the, they'd kind of like overlap with each other and um, you know, get to see each other in the parking lot as they're coming out in their dresses and stuff. So that first year when you could hardly do anything, we made sure that they had something to celebrate them and make them feel special and, and, and make them know that, you know, they're important and this world needs them. They, mm. they, the world needs them out there and that they have to keep going and and that there's always a way there's always a way. Yeah. So that was just so important because if I took that away from them, then I was giving up too.
0: Yeah. So oh, that's yeah. moving, and what I love about uh, the way that you do that too, Heather, is that it is about the individual. It's not like this grad class is. I mean, Lacombe is you know a, a small as cities go, but it's yeah. the schools are big enough that you're like I remember graduating from the Pinocchio High School, and I was one of 120 or so graduates yeah. and you just kind of feel like you're you're an anonymous kind of just num- you know you go across yeah. the stage and blah 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 but you're not saying this graduating class is special to me and you're important and good luck you're saying you Courtney yeah. or you, yeah. you know yeah. Elizabeth or you you matter to me and to all of us teachers and we went to these lengths to celebrate you as an individual person and your unique gifts are important to the world And and we're wishing you luck and handing you this bouquet of flowers and like all these little touches that make it personal. Right. Um, And they
1: come back and they say, you know, that moment was life-changing. We have once come back from years before and be like, my grad video was like the highlight of my adolescence, you know, and like they wait for it and because they feel so acknowledged. Mm. And then they watch that video and I'm talking about all of their strengths and they're there. Sometimes, you know, and sometimes it's easy to find the strengths in a person that's, you know, a perfect. And but then sometimes you have a quieter perf- person, and their strengths might not be as like apparent, but they're it's there. Visible,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, as vi- but- yes, exactly. But when you acknowledge them, and then the child hears it, they're like, "Oh, oh, maybe, oh, me? Me. <laughs> yeah, 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 is that okay? Yeah, maybe I can do this. You know, maybe yeah. I." Can do what I need to do. Yeah.
0: I think there's few things that are more empowering and uplifting than truly feeling seen and yes. feeling heard. And without yeah. that, how do you feel safe? Without that, how do you feel self-confidence and self-worth when nowhere in your your life you you've experienced that feeling of being truly seen and heard? And and you're giving so you're and you and your and your team your staff the the dance family are giving that to these tiny humans that are still pretty tiny from our perspective being older where they're you know 17 and they're venturing out into the world this scary world one other example of uh, of a brazen and you know really out of the box. Uh, experimental thing that that you tried during the pandemic that just (laughs) I've remembered as you're talking about, you know, we got to give these kids a recital. You used a outdoor horse racing track as a venue for a live in-person recital when, you know, none of the theater spaces were allowed to be open, but a horse racing track that had seating for a couple hundred people outdoors, but with a shelter in case it rained, was allowed to be open and that almost didn't happen. And it was very tenuous and like, oh, is it, are, are they going to allow this or are they not? How can we do it? And you just, you found a way and you rented a stage and you set up the sound system and you had all the picnic tables spaced apart and everyone sanitizing and it's just crazy.
1: Yeah. When theaters, when we found out that theaters were not going to happen and we knew that we needed a recital to pay for our summer rent financially and then again i didn't want to say no to the kids it was like okay there was these concerts that were happening outside and so i was like hey they can have a concert and then so i started doing my research and being like what can you have well i can have 200 people outside and i was like okay i am going to push the rules and figure out how I can do this. Kate, can my dancers dance together? Yep, they can. They just have to wear a mask before they get on stage and then they can take it off. I'm like, Kate, that works. So just kind of doing a little bit of homework and reading. Oh, those, if I don't ever have to read a HS health thing again, <laughs> like that is not my specialty. And I was spending hours and hours going through them and trying to find not so much loopholes because i wanted everyone to be safe but when the restrictions didn't quite didn't didn't quite make sense right you could 200 people could have a concert but you couldn't do 50 person wedding or a funeral, right? We all were there. We don't, I don't have to explain that. So Mm -hmm. when I realized that we could do that and we could go outside, we have a beautiful venue in Lacombe that we were so lucky and we worked with them and they were very happy too because they were hurting, right? Mm -hmm. They've lost all of their events. And so that was our first year in the pandemic that we did that. And um, I was one of the only recitals in Alberta and only dance studios in Alberta to have a, a recital. Most people did movies which was, was great, but so that was kind of cool. And then the next year when it was still, we were still kind of in our pandemic theaters were kind of open, but it was like one third capacity. The, what we could do and not do was so strict and it was still a little bit, um, not for certain. So I was like, no, you know what, let's do this again. And we could, we could have more people outside. Um, and, then I went and reached out to the track on two, which is where we had it. And I said, Hey, let's work together. Let's get more recitals here and we can share the rental of the stage. And so that's what we did. So they ended up, I think, having one dance competition and three other four dance recitals there. With other like from other studios.
0: studios. From, from other that.
1: studios. And that's one great. studio from Edmonton even came
0: wow. all the way.
1: Yeah. So I was just like, so that's, and we're there again this year. I booked there again just because of uncertainty, because that for me is a hundred percent guaranteed, and I'm a planner. So I'm like, I can find. And you know what? My dads, our dance dads. Oh my gosh, they love it there because they're not in like a stuffy theater, and yeah. they can have a beer or two and they can eat a hamburger while they're watching their child dance, and they're like, this is awesome.
0: Yeah, you're outdoors, <laughs> fresh air. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. There's, yeah, there's all these examples that we've talked about, and I'm sure many more that we didn't have time to touch on (laughs) where I, what I think is cool about all these pivots and changes that you've forged ahead through smashed through all of the different walls that were in your way is that that's also uh, contributing to not only just the success of your life and your studio, um, your business, but also it's modeling and teaching all of these kids, your kids um, that like there is where there's a will, there's a way. And if you have a little persistence and work ethic and faith you and believe in yourself, you know, and, and lean on others when you need to, um, all of those things we talked about, you're modeling that too, right? They see Mm -hmm. it. Even if you're not like, Hey, today class, we're going to not dance. We're going to talk about life lessons. It's not about that. It's about that. You're just literally modeling it where they just see it. It's just kind of, in the culture yeah. that you build, that like this is just how we do life. We just forge ahead and find a way. Yeah. So, that you got a number. When I grow
1: up, I want to be Miss Heather. Every time you get a piece of paper like that is just, uh. <laughs> uh, you know, we got some pretty big awards this year. We, for in Lacombe, we were nominated for, and got the Resiliency Award. And last year in Black Falls, we got the Grit Award for our business. and. Then um, for the dance studio owners worldwide, I got the Innovative Studio Award. So some really massive awards. And I mean, like so humbled. But then, you know what? Those aren't on my fridge. What's on my fridge are the ones that say, I want to be Miss Heather when I grow up. Or <laughs> when when I grow up, my name is Miss Heather. That one's my favorite, that she's going to actually change her name to Miss Heather. So, <laughs> you know, and those, that's, those Pieces of crayon paper are worth more than the big shiny award that's on my desk, you know, is that, that you're changing lives. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's so Inspiring. inspiring Yeah, it really is. And congratulations on all of those. Um, (laughs) We'll maybe wrap it up here, Heather. I I feel like we've gotten, there's so much more we could talk about, but I, I think, I hope it gives people a sense of your story of who you are, of what you've been through, in the last few years and where you've come from and why you are so passionate about doing the work that you do. Um, And uh, (laughs) I was just thinking, you know, just another example of how this is so you, uh, this whole topic is that on top of everything else that you've been through, you decided it was the perfect time to put up a for sale (laughs) sign, sell your house and go and move into your, was it your parents' acreage and then renovate that? A
1: 1942 farmhouse. (laughs) That we totally gutted and renovated the same time. It just, it ha, things just happened. And yep. So I'm ready for a holiday. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, but...
0: I hope that things stay fairly stable. And as we're coming out of this fourth wave that uh, restrictions and reopening continues to make life easier instead of more yeah. difficult for the studio. And as you're in this new space and that, um that the rest of this uh, first few months of dance before Christmas goes really well and I'm sure that you're going to enjoy some downtime this Christmas I hope
1: <laughs> yes very much so
0: yeah so. well you know Ben
1: we we uh we really when you said it was going to be an hour and I was like oh man what are we going to talk about for an hour but we when we get going we, <laughs>
0: we're
1: a hey, little chatty Cathy it,
0: it <laughs> flies
1: yeah it definitely <laughs> always does,
0: does. Well, I'm looking forward to continuing working with you, Heather, and uh, seeing firsthand the impact that you have in your community and on all these lives of these amazing dancers that you get to teach. Um, It's pretty cool uh, industry to be part of, and for me to come in with my camera a couple times a year and get a little glimpse of that is always fun. Um, So thank you for your friendship and uh, for your time this morning and being willing to share your story with us.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Thank you, Ben, and all the best to you, too, for sure. All
0: right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us today in this conversation. And uh, if you liked it and you were interested in hearing more uh, real human stories of spirituality and journeying through this life as a human, just like Heather's, we've got over 100 other episodes on our website. Um, And the Six Ways from Sunday podcast can be found on iTunes or your favorite podcast app on your mobile device hit the subscribe button there, leave us a rating or review. And that always helps to get uh, this out to more people. And um, if you like this episode, maybe consider sharing it on social media so other people can hear Heather's awesome story. And uh, yeah, you can find our website is uh, risingspiritministry.com. And there's all of our previous episodes of the Six Ways From Sunday podcast on there as well. Thank you again, uh, Heather, for your time this morning. And to everyone else, take care. God bless and be well.